Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Cause Marketing Forum and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at CauseUpdate.com and SelfishGiving.com. Now on to today's episode. Hey everyone, it's Joe Waters here at Cause Talk Radio, and I'm on the line, of course, with Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hello. How's it going? It's excellent. Summer day here in Boston, nice and sunny. Must be nice and sunny where you are, too. It's not July yet. We don't get sunny until I don't know why you moved. You were out this area. You could have stayed here. Would have been the best place ever. That's true. And we have... Where is Brittany? Brittany Brittany must be in LA or something. California. But on the line with us now is Brittany Hill, co-founder and chief innovation officer at Catalyst. Hey, Brittany. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm always in a California state of mind, but I'm actually (laughs) today here in Austin, Texas. I was going to say, she's in Tejas. Ah. Yeah, where it is hot. Yeah, always hot. Oh, man, I bet it's always (laughs) hot there, you know. See, do you notice, too, Megan, you had mentioned one time before that we're either talking sports, but we talk about a lot about the weather, too, don't you think? That's true. Like, we're always talking about the weather because we we always have different people on the line. We need a new intro shtick. I know, just a whole new thing, anyways, to come up with. So we'll work on that, anyways. Maybe we'll do that (laughs) over a a summer vacation. But, Brittany, thanks so much for joining us. We're obviously a big big fan of you uh, folks at uh, Catalyst, uh, you and Maureen. And we're on the line today to talk about something I think is really interesting. Interesting. Revelations at the register, a look into sector specific consumer giving preferences at the register. And, you know, this is really interesting, Megan, I think, because so often we've been talking to businesses about their point of sale programs. Yep. We finally have someone coming on saying, hey, are these programs growing? Are they working out all right? You know, what things can we do to improve them? And lo and behold, Brittany has done some research on this. Yay. <laughs> So, Brittany, you break it down. Well, first of all, let's talk about um, a point of sale in general, right? You know, in terms of uh, in this research that you did, how do you define point of sale? Are we talking about traditional pinup programs, register programs, donation box programs, anything that's asked for at the register? We are. All of the above. And, you know, the way that charitable campaigns have been at point of sale now, gosh, you guys know, almost, you know, 10 plus years now. Um, we also started to look at the evolution of that and where that's going in terms of online giving, online point of sale charitable campaigns. But, but yes, all of the above, the die cuts, the pinups, the roundups, the, the coin collections, whatever type of method um, your charitable campaign looks like, um, we're tracking that and we're, we're talking to consumers about what they are now preferring now that we've all become very accustomed to giving this way. And you'll see our research shows you've seen that that we are thriving you know we oh, actually do thank goodness. like to give this way <laughs> I, I think that's one of the great things about your research Brittany, is that you guys really look at what consumers are saying they mm. want so when you went into the research this time what did you do differently like what did you want to look at and dive into a little bit more deeply Where, what you're leading to is you know we've done one research study before um about two years ago kind of on the heels of uh, the cause marketing forums mm. in terms of sort of that industry um, sector, kind of what's happening, state of the union. Um, I led the research and insights division, as you guys know, at Good Scout. And so we did a consumer study that really gave us some great top line information, some some baseline foundation uh, statistics that let us know, are people giving? How do they want to be asked? What are they looking at? Mm. 
So this time around, we really kind of dove in a little bit deeper. We asked some of those same questions two years later with the continual rise of the millennial consumers. Is any of that different um, with the continuance of online becoming more and more prevalent with technology, self-checkouts, you know, replacing that register ask, that human register ask? Um, you know, how is that affecting our relationship uh, with our retailers, with our causes in store? And then really, we started to look at, you know, we were always asked in the industry, both from the nonprofit and the retailer side, you know, does, do these preferences differ across sectors? You know, if I'm a restaurant, um, should I be issuing a different and hosting a different type of campaign mm-hmm. than, let's say, a grocery or supermarket or a bank? And so we not only dove in a little bit deeper into some of the preference nuances of the typical, how often do they want to donate? Are they still donating? Um, how do they want to be asked to donate electric, you know, electronically versus human? Um, but then also really kind of what those sector differences were. And some of it was really enlightening. And, you know, one, one of the things I thought was interesting too, Brittany, is you really talked about how POS can derive customer loyalty. And, you know, I think it's kind of interesting because, you know, POS is often criticized because it's so transactional, right? You know, you get your dollar or whatever you have at the register and stuff like that. But you're saying that POS really does drive loyalty, that that consumers are really taking note of these programs. They are. And, you know, that was a question that we've always received from the from the for-profit side of the house. You know, to your point, Joe, is it just a transactional commitment that we're making um, as a retailer or as a retail outlet to commit to opening up our consumer engagement and consumer, consumer relationship? Or is it really moving the needle for us as a corporation? Is it moving the needle for our corporate social responsibility goals and ultimately our relationship with that customer? And you'll see that the study, you know, says that nearly 60% of consumers actually feel positively about that retailer mm-hmm. after donating. That's great. Um, and so they're really, you know, in, in doing a lot of qualitative study um, research as well, we also found that, you know, the consumer said, I feel more positively about that retailer because they're affording me an easy opportunity to give back to causes that I care about. Mm. So I almost see them as, you know, it's almost a thank you back to them of, gosh, I'm so busy throughout my day. I really want to give, but now this retailer is affording me that easy um, user-friendly opportunity to do so. And so I feel better about them because of it. You know, one uh, as a follow-up question though, Brittany, I thought what was interesting about the relationship pie is that you found that 85% of consumers basically said, keep it simple, <laughs> that, you know, people, people believe that thank you is enough. Uh, for these programs, yeah. you know, in some ways, I kind of disagree with that because of all the mm. people that we've had on uh, the show that have talked about the power of incentives. And it does seem like incentives mm. are really a best practice of POS programs. But that wasn't in line with what consumers had to say. Do you think maybe it had something to do with how you asked them the question? Well, so we looked at this in a, a few different ways. I want to come back to incentives. But really, the question here that we asked is, you know, post-donation, once you already have given, once you've been incentivized potentially to give, what do you want people to do? Do you want to get a discount because you gave? Mm -hmm. Do you want to know about the impact that you're making because Mm -hmm. of that dollar or that roundup? Mm -hmm. Do you want the charity to contact you and ask and give you more information about them? Mm -hmm. Or do you want just a simple thank you? Mm. And 
to your point, 85% said, no, just thank me. I don't really want to be contacted after the fact. <laughs> sure. I don't yeah, really want right. anything else after it. Right. And the reason that we asked this question was really because we, we've been in rooms as consultants and as advisors to nonprofits that want to squeeze as much as they can out of this lemon that we call point of sale campaigns. <laughs> mm. And they start to layer on you know, donor acquisition strategies and, you know, you know, all of these kind of other objectives. And really, we wanted to say to, you know, we wanted to ask the question and, and what this stat is saying is, this is a transactional relationship. Mm-hmm. It can be, it can be much more strategic in the way that you develop it. Mm-hmm. But let's continue to look at it for what it is. It is right. a donation program, first and foremost. Right. And there are a lot of other things that go into that, but but let's not make it more than than what it needs right. to be. Right. When you asked about incentives, though, you know, we did ask the other thing that we really loved um, about this new study is that we, you know, we know that seventy two percent of consumers are still giving. I'm sorry, um, yeah, seventy two percent of of consumers have actually donated to charity at the register before. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. But we thought, well, what about the other percent, right? Like, what what about the other 28% of people that have mm-hmm. never given? Mm-hmm. What would make them give? You right. know, what we're almost losing 30% of our potential donors. Yeah. And how could we how could we actually engage them? And so that's another big portion of this study that we go into is that sort of unengaged. Um, and you'll see that in, in one of our, you know, quote unquote, revelations, it's capturing the unengaged with potential new opportunities. Some of them, to your point, that, you know what, I would engage. I would donate if either the retailer would match my donation or if I did get an incentive um, to actually give, whether that's a discount or whether that's a coupon or what have you. The majority of them, though, said, you know what, I'm never going to give, but I would love to volunteer. I would love to volunteer for that Hmm. cause. So I might just be... I might just be that other opportunity for you that, again, you don't have to continue to hound me at point of sale, but engage me in other ways. Wasn't there something in there about people who don't donate because they didn't know anything about the cause as well? That's right. Yep. So a majority of um, of the people said, well, I don't donate because I don't know enough about the cause, mm. which obviously opens up you know, direct implications for the opportunity for that nonprofit to market their brand, market their mission, not just at the point of sale, but it's a cohesive effort on behalf of that organization for development and marketing to work together to float all those. Mm, No, and I think that's so interesting, too, because, you know, brands in general want to go with established nonprofit brands because they know they're going to resonate. One of the things I often advise, though, uh, Brittany and Megan, is to tell people that maybe don't have a strong name brand that they lead with their issue as opposed to leading with uh, their name. Mm-hmm. For example, when I worked at Boston Medical Center, we used to lead with, would you like to donate a, a dollar to help a sick child? And, you know, that yep. was something that people would be, yeah. Whereas if you were like, would you like to donate a dollar to help, uh, to help Boston Medical Center? Some people would be like, now Boston Medical Center, that's the one that's right. on the South End, right? You know, so I mean, you know, there was that connection there <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's, it, it seems like there are ways around that. Absolutely. And I think this was more pointing to, I don't know enough about the cause, really, um, is the way that it was phrased. Mm-hmm. And so to your point, I couldn't agree more. You know, people give to causes, not brands. 
ultimately, right? right? They yep. give to the cause that affected them. Mm-hmm. Um, hospitals are a little bit of a different animal sometimes because of grateful patients, because they were actually treated directly by that hospital, right? So there's a certain personal mm-hmm. connection. Um, but in general, yeah, I couldn't agree more that can we market the cause? Yes, your brand comes along with that, but it's not just about, um, you know, who, what you're asking of that, of that customer. They need to know about you. They need to know about your impact. They need to know about your mission served audience, not right there at the register, but before they get there so that they're already bought in. Let's talk a little bit about pin pads and technology because it's been a little bit of a controversy. I mean, I think Joe and I have talked to several retailers on this program that have said it is the best thing since sliced bread when it comes to point of sale. And they've Mm -hmm. seen their results double, triple by using a pin pad. But what did you guys find in your survey about people using pin pads and how they feel about them? Our revelation here says silence is golden (laughs) because because they they told us consumers, again, this is consumer preference. It's not the, the sort of golden rule, if you will, of what you must do for your campaign. But consumers are saying 78% of them said they prefer to be asked, asked to donate at the register electronically. So either mm. via a pen pad or if it's at a restaurant through sort of a bill slip. So somehow they don't necessarily want to be you know, asked by a human anymore. Mm. Um, now, I will say that that varied when you break it down by gender mm. it, um, and sector uh, demographic, it varies significantly. So almost one out of 10 millennial consumers would prefer um, only want to ask, be asked by a human. So 90% of them want the pen pad, one an electronic ask. Now, wait a minute, though. Here's something interesting, though, is they like the pin pad, but they also mm-hmm. want to be thanked for the donation. Now, I'm assuming that they probably mm-hmm. appreciate the pin pad asking them for a donation, but it's nice when you make a mm-hmm. donation and a human actually acknowledges that. Sure, sure. You and, know what I mean? You know, it's funny if you look at... The- Yep, absolutely. And when you look at baby boomers, though, so let's say 90% of millennials prefer to be asked on the pen pad. Um, 65% of baby boomers preferred to be asked on the pen pad. So it's uh, still a preference, yeah. but that's a huge difference right. in terms of you know age segmentation and really looking at what your retail partner, if you're a nonprofit, who that core consumer is and maybe mm. how you should shift the ask depending on who they are. Oh, interesting. That's a great point. You know, I think at the end of the day, too, and what we've learned, Megan, from having other people on the show, is that a combination of strategies seem to work best. That, you know, you need that engaged employee who really wants to support the Mm -hmm. program. But, you know, let's face it, with the pin pad, the pin pad never forgets to ask. And that's one of its biggest <laughs> assets, right? You know, is that it, it can, it's something that, you know, it, it doesn't need restroom breaks. It doesn't go on break. It doesn't get busy. It just asks every time. And that's one of the big uh, mm-hmm. values of something like that is that you can combine the human with the technological. That's right. Yep. Sure. And with the replacement of, of humans, you know, <laughs> with technology, um, you know, that, that could also continue to be a factor more and more is we're now used to, to self-checking out. We're used to, you know, all of the digital signage. We're used to really not relying, unfortunately, so much on people to help us get through the line. Um, It really is all technology-based. One of the other things you guys looked at was how people want to give. So donating a dollar to a charity at the register. Can you talk a little bit about that as well? 
But yeah, you know, we always get this question is, would they prefer to donate a dollar? Do they want to round up? Um, you know, do they want, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a $2, $3 increment, so on and so forth. And really across the board, um, the, you know, a vast majority of folks just want to add a dollar, add on a dollar. It's easy. It's a, seems like psychologically a significant enough amount, um, to add on instead of rounding up 10 cents. Um, so they feel like they've, you know, given a good amount at that transaction, knowing they'll probably come back in next week and be asked again and donate again. Hmm. Um, but that was really the, the preference, um, Again, you know, what works for you? We know a lot of um, a lot of these campaigns will offer the opportunity to add a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, and really the average of those campaigns somewhere falls into that two dollar range. So mm-hmm. you can look at it anyway, but that was that was sort of a, an across the board, across sectors, even if you look at big box versus supermarket, bank, convenience stores, it was pretty um, standard and consistent across the you board. You know, that's so interesting too, because I was actually just having a conversation. An agency called me this week and, uh, they were talking about a client that was kind of considering whether or not to do just the $1 or to do multiple dollars, you know, one, three and five mm-hmm. or something like that. And I said, you know, years ago, I used to be the opinion that the best thing to do was ask people just for a dollar. I felt like you made it up in mm-hmm. volume in terms of more people saying yes, as opposed to higher amounts. But, the best practices of the industry point to the fact of giving people options, right, of one, three, and five dollars. Megan, do you think that's co- more common too? That you're seeing more options at the register? You know, that's interesting. I sort of see a lot of different things, mm. and I know was it GameStop that had upped their default donation on the pin pad, and it was like three dollars. Like they mm. didn't even mm-hmm. give you the option of a dollar, and they attributed that to a boost in their point of sale revenue. You know, the, what I think is interesting though is that the roundup isn't more popular. I know, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. It I always in, think yeah, it came I, in second. You yeah, know, right. But- I, you know, I used to, when I go out and talk to nonprofits and businesses, I used to, always used to talk up about the roundup, but now I don't talk about it anymore because it's just mm. one of those things that some people do. And There's not it, that many people doing yeah, it. Yeah, well, you know, JCPenney does it. I mean, we see some great online examples of roundup programs, like yeah. GoDaddy has a great example of, a, of an online yep. roundup program. Yep. But, you know, I always thought it was going to be one of those things that was just going to take off, and it never did. Is JCPenney still one doing we- it, though? I thought J.C. Penny was still doing we'll their to check into that. roundup programs. Yeah, because we had them on the show, too, not too long ago. But I, I love, you know, what I love about the roundup is it's a very easy ask, right? You know, if I'm going I to know. GoDaddy and like no I'm brainer. checking out and it's like 35 cents or something and they're going to double it and then they give me five charities to donate. I mean, it, it, it strikes me, especially at the retail level, as like 100% participation in something like this. But for one other reason, you know what the interesting thing is, though, ladies, is that it does require that verbal ask, I think, from the uh, register person in that a lot oh. of pin pads are not set up so that they can you know, monetize uh, a roundup program. So maybe it requires too much work on behalf of the cashier. That math thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing we did definitively sort of see from the statistics on the types of engagement, uh, to your point, Megan, of you know, adding on a dollar or roundup. 
was the lack of interest in the paper icon, the die cut, the pin up, yeah. you know, only 6% yeah. really prefer that anymore. And so yeah. it really kind of confirms, I think, where a lot of these campaigns have started to go yeah. with eliminating that, eliminating the cost to produce Thank those, right. all of the, yeah. you know, the manpower <laughs> yeah. that it takes to distribute yeah. it. Well, you know, so there was a day, was though, you know, there was a time, too, though, where, and it still is, like, if you go into a supermarket, like my local su- supermarket here, outside Boston does a great job selling MDA shamrocks every and you go in there during the month of March and the place is just covered with shamrocks and you can't help but stop and kind of look and be like wow that's a lot of shamrocks but you know I think mm-hmm. more people are coming back to the like the paper waste and you know and other things and you know and a lot of stores just don't want to clutter their stores anymore uh, with paper pinups you know that ruins the aesthetics and stuff like that so I do agree though that pinups have probably seen their their day but was still seeing active ass at the register, just, you know, uh, non-pinups. Gone are the days um, of the pinup. Oh, imagine, huh? Uh, and here I am, the pinup king, saying this. I know. Oh. you got to get a new title. <laughs> so, Brittany, leave us with your favorite thing that came from your research this time around. Like, what was the thing that you were most excited about? We were most excited about that influence of technology, um, the fact that we think the sleeping opportunity in point-of-sale campaigns is the charitable e-commerce campaign. We've seen some of it happen, obviously, with eBay Giving Works and others, but really traditional brick-and-mortar um, retailers who have online applications or the new now online retailer, exclusive online retailer, it's a huge opportunity for us. Um, as a as an industry, as our sector specific um, point of sale campaigns, mm. so looking at restaurants more more effectively, looking at um, you know banks, even online banking. A lot of us don't walk into banks anymore, but there are certain sectors um, that really have opportunity where we are not seeing point of sale campaigns right now, where consumers are actually preferring to give. And so there's a there's a bridge there that we can build. Love it. That's awesome. Where can people find this study, Brittany, if they want to do that online? Sure. Go to GoCatalyst with an I. That's G-O-C-A-T-A-L-I-S-T dot com slash insights. Awesome. And we will include that in the show notes. And Joe, where can people find you online if they'd like to do that? Well, they can find me at selfishgiving.com, obviously. You can find me talking to Brittany and to Megan on Twitter at Joe Waters. And of course, (laughs) I got plenty of Pinterest pins on charity pinups, on register programs, donation boxes at pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. And you can find show notes for today's episode at CauseUpdate.com as well as SelfishGiving.com. And of course, you can find Cause Talk Radio in iTunes or on Google Play. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss an episode. And on behalf of Brittany and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio, and we'll talk to you next time.